Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello there, everyone in the great big world. Welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm so glad you could join me today as you're living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So welcome to episode 91. I'm glad to be back in the podcast seat. I was uh, up in the DC area visiting a client, uh, doing an on-site with them and doing some training with their team. Um, as you, some of you may know, I'm, I'm a coach and a trainer and I work with businesses, entrepreneurs, their teams, and I also do speaking. Um, but man, it's so incredible because this is a husband and wife and they have different businesses, different ventures, but man, it's so great to see their energy, their passion and what they want to put into not just growing a business and to be financially viable, but also just to invest in people and to build incredible teams. And so it is so inspiring for me to actually get to be a part of that. So um, this is awesome. It's great to see. And um, it's it's fuel for me. It just gets me so energized and excited. And I feel very privileged and honored uh, to be able to not only be someone who contributes to their success um, and to their growth, but um, also I'm a benefactor. I get to be inspired by them. And it's just so uplifting. But I like coming home. So I like to come and go. That's it. I want to go, do my work, enjoy it, and come back. I love being home. So, um, hey, really quick, I want to tell you, um, for those of you who might be shocked, but I, I am starting to use Instagram. And I'm not one of those that posts just everything random. I just post what I'm thinking sometimes. I put up some little messages, um, some inspiration. That's who I am. I'm just a guy that loves to help people just move forward, make progress. So I'm just, it's mostly going to be inspirational stuff, or I may share some cool things that are going on. And that's what I do. So if you'd like to follow, um, because I'm also going to be giving away some books here soon, and I'm going to use Instagram as the, um, the tool to do so. Uh, great authors that I've had on the show with incredible books, and they are free to you. So I'll come up with some way to get you to claim a copy of one of these books. But here's my personal Instagram if you'd like to follow me. It's Pecoraro Tim. That's P-E-C-O-R-A-R-O-T-I-M. That's me personally. The podcast is Uphill Combo. So Uphill and then C-O-N-V-O. And then if you want to follow what I'm doing with business, um, that is, you know, what I do with coaching and training and speaking, uh, that's Uphill Strategies. Real simple. So keep an eye out because I will be doing the giveaways um, either on my personal or on the Uphill Convo for um, these books, um, which is great content that I would like to share with the world and give it away. So um, also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show where I've been getting a lot of guests just coming to the website, um, you could you can email me directly, obviously, if you just wanted to, and I'll send you the link. But uh, you can email me at tim at uphillconversations.co. But go to the website, uphillconversations.co. Scroll down a little bit. You can see be a guest on the show. You fill out a form. 
um, and I'll get back to you. Or if you think someone else would be a great guest, someone that can share some great insight, wisdom, help people along in their journey, um, tell some you know fantastic stories of challenge, growth, change, transformation, things like that, personal, professional. I love that stuff. Love sharing it with people and having great organic conversations. And I like to not stay on surface stuff. I like to get deep and uh, get into the real of the deal. So uh, you can find it there and other ways to connect as well. Today's guest, though, um, great guest. Her name is Lisa Song Sutton, an amazing uh, background. Lisa is a real estate investor and entrepreneur, holding ownership interests in several companies in the real estate tech, retail, and food and beverage industries, including Las Vegas's number one alcohol-infused cupcake cupcake company. <laughs> that sounds delicious. It's called Sin City Cupcakes. Lisa uh, currently writes and speaks about entrepreneurship and business. Um, her work has been seen in Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Fast Company, and other business publications. Lisa has shared her knowledge at large-scale conferences, including Crowd Converge and the Asian Real Estate Association of America National Conference. She also sits on the advisory boards for several companies, including Bitcoin Nevada, an education foundation promotion crypto, uh, promoting cryptocurrency, and Youngery an entrepreneurship media company. In addition to her professional careers, Lisa is actively involved in her community as a former Miss Las Vegas 2013, Miss Nevada 2014, and serves on the executive board of the Asian Community Development Council. Uh, she was recently named 2017 Top 10 Social Entrepreneurs to Watch by Inc. Magazine. So... Without any further delay, let's jump into this wonderful conversation that I had with Lisa Song Sutton. Welcome to the show, Lisa. How are you and how are things going in your world today? I am doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. It's a beautiful day here in Vegas. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. How hot is it? <laughs> well, I think our high today is a little over 100 degrees, so it's Nice and spicy, if you like it that way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was there last year for a conference, and um, oh, my gosh. It was like 100. I, was, I think it was this time when it was like 114, 115 degrees. Uh, yeah. And, it was, and, and people were like, ah, oh, it's just a different kind of heat. And I was like, no, it's hot. <laughs> Like, right? No, for real, it's hot. <laughs> it is what it is, right? So um, you have an amazing story, and that's why um, I loved um, you connected with me. And um, and then when I started looking into it, I was like, wow, she is doing some truly amazing stuff from your Sin City Cupcakes, which I think is so awesome. Um, and then the app business, the um, you know brand bridge and helping people in that area, real estate, um, obviously a uh, Miss Nevada, which was awesome. So you've got like a lot of different things that you dabble in. Like, have you always been that way? Have you always just been this person that's just been interested in so many things? Like, you know, did you stumble upon them? Like, t tell us a little bit about how you just kind of <laughs> this e evolution of you and, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur, but I also view you as a little bit more you're more sophisticated and you do more signature and significant things. 
So I don't just kind of lump you into just a person that just throws their hand at everything. So how did you get to that? Well, I mean, where did this come from? Yeah. So, well, you know, I learned to multitask from a very early age. Um, when I was growing up, my parents put me in piano lessons and flute lessons and tap dance lessons and vocal lessons and um, community service work, extracurricular activities, um, school work, summer school. I mean, I was I was everywhere. My plate was really full. Um, and that started at age five. So I've always been accustomed to having a jam packed schedule, doing activities that are worthwhile and that are significant to me and what I want to ultimately pursue um, and achieve. And so this path of um, serial entrepreneurship really just happened organically. Um, and the main thing I want to impress, of course, is that I'm not a one woman show. I don't do it alone. I have operational partners and staff in every single endeavor that I take on. Great. Great. So, um, you know, I have this saying that a friend of mine gave to me, so I hijacked it from him. So I give him credit always. Um, eventually it'll be mine and I'll say, I have been known to say, <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically the curse of being capable, like, you know, yeah. there is, there is that struggle, right. Of, you know, you can have a lot of capabilities, but they may not, it could be slightly misguided or not the best use of your energy or your skills. Mm -hmm. And you can love them. You can love these things, right? But you just can't do them all. So how do you, I mean, how do you figure out which one you really need to concentrate on and which, which effort do you need to really invest to see maybe the full manifestation or the physical equivalent that you imagine? Sure. Well, I think Mark Cuban has a great saying, and he talks about how not to follow your passions, but follow your effort. Mm. And I find that generally what you like and what you're good at tend to go hand in hand. So for me, that absolutely um, helped kind of lay out the path that I ended up taking. Um, growing up, I was really good at reading and writing. And so it was just a natural progression for me to um, go to college and eventually grad school and um, go to law school because your focus there is all reading and writing. Um, there's a saying that um, lawyers use their words as weapons or that your word is your sword. And um, I found that to be true during my time working in a law firm, but also even into business. And so I bring those strengths of um, obviously those reading and writing skills have translated into be able to, you know, documentation and creating documents, creating contracts, um, all those necessary elements that you need to start a business. Um, and then capturing those processes within the business. Um, we just opened Ship Las Vegas, which is a mailbox rental pack and ship store. And over there, you know, we're capturing every process. We're capturing the opening procedures, the closing procedures. Um, what's the phone script if someone calls in to rent a mailbox? Um, capturing all those items uh, really ends up making your business more efficient. Um, but you've got to bring that strength to the table if you know that that's something you're good at. That's, I mean, that is so true. And, and for those of you who are listening and I've, you know, I've done a lot of research on you and, you know, you were a lawyer, you literally worked at a law firm. And I know that that was great for you to learn the ins and outs of businesses, bankruptcy things, people having to, you know, obviously protect themselves, you know, how to set their business up properly. So, I mean, obviously those skills obviously are directly transferable over into a lot of the efforts, you know, they're, they're valuable. And, um, and, and so those of you listening, just know that this is like someone who's like lived these steps, not just read about them in a book, in a book, you've actually lived them, but you brought up, you brought up ship Las Vegas and 
And I heard some kind of neat things, but I would like you to tell our listeners about some of the uniquenesses of Ship Las Vegas and and what you're doing exactly with that business. Sure. So it's an independent mailbox rental pack and ship store. So just like, you know, the post office or the UPS store or the FedEx Kinko's, um, we are able to uh, service all your mail handling. So um, unlike just the post office or FedEx or UPS, which obviously are very specific to those carriers, we're able to service all of those carriers because we're an independent store. So we service um, United States Postal Service, FedEx, UPS and DHL. And um, what's unique about us is that we are just a great alternative to those other places. Um, one, we offer the competitive rates. And secondly, because it's an independent small business, um, we are small business owners, so we know what small business owners need. Um, you know, whether it's a, a physical address to be able to send your mail or send it in and out or just a secure place to receive packages. Sometimes you're not home during the day to sign for a package that may be important for your business. Um, if you have a home-based business or e-commerce business, having a mailbox um, just offers you another layer of protection um, as that's an address that you can use to put on all your business filings and any types of those documents that are outward facing and public facing. But it's also a layer of convenience as well. Now, also, what about the location where you placed them? Yes. So um, we have two locations so far. Um, one is in the southwest of Las Vegas, um, a very busy area, high traffic area. And then the second location that we just opened is in northeast Las Vegas. So like total opposite corner of where our southwest right. location is. Right. It's northeast. And, um, you know, I'm so intrigued because the more time I spend up there, um, the more I get to know the community. So that particular area in the northeast of Las Vegas, uh, it's right near Nellis Air Force Base. So that was the first attraction to to the location. But when we got up there, what we realized is if you're not on the base, if you're directly outside of it, which we are, that community that's there obviously is not military, right? Because otherwise they'd be living on the base. Right. So the community there, um, it's 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 a different um, it's a different community than what we have in the Southwest. Um, it's, um, there's a lot of apartments, a lot of rentals, um, and they just don't have a lot of conveniences up there. Like the nearest grocery store, not, not close by. Uh, there's a mini mart that's our next door neighbor and that place is popping. It's full. There's so much traffic <laughs> all the time. And it's because that's where people go to get their daily conveniences, uh, grab milk, grab eggs or whatever it is, because there's no, grocery store nearby. Um, and so when we opened up last week, our first customers were these little old ladies. And um, one of them was so excited that we had opened there because now she doesn't have to take a bus to go down to the nearest post office, which is quite a ways to buy stamps. So it's just been a really, really interesting revelation um, as we've been open there and seeing the kind of community that we're able to service. And, and I guarantee, you know, for me, I would feel like those people would be like, wow, you would come to us. Like you would bring convenience where things were inconvenient. You know, you made this, you made something accessible to us and you didn't just go to where it would have just been. Of course, I mean, if there's not one there, you're going to, you know, as you said, that, that mini Mart is popping right next door to you. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, but what you're doing is instead of just going to where you could just literally set up shop, you know, uh, people could still choose you out of even a few other options. 
Um, but instead, you went somewhere and said, hey, look, we want to come to you with some convenience that you do not have. And I feel like that's very mindful and it's it's thoughtful. Now, how, mu- how much of that was really when you did look at it and say, this is going to be location number two, how much did that come into play? Well, you know, anytime you're looking for a, a brick and mortar a location, you immediately look at what's your competition in the area, right? right? And so at our Southwest location, which is store one, there's a UPS store very close by, and there's another independent mailbox rental store very close by as well. So there was already competition in, in the area. And so the question there was, okay, well, how can we be better than the competition? Um, with store two, like I said, there's literally no competition in the area. So of course that's attractive, but then you have to ask why, right? Why is there no competition in this area when clearly there's a need? Right. Um, so that particular area here um, in Las Vegas, the Metro police call that area, the triangle. And frankly, it's a high crime area. Um, so our current store two, um, in the, the the retail plaza that we're in, um, there's vacancies. There's vacant storefronts in the retail plaza that we're currently open in. Um, I think, you know, of course, it's a risk. Um, business owners have to really think about what their ultimate goal is, right? Um, and what, basically what their level of tolerance on risk is as well. Right. So, um you know, for, for me, like I said, there were, there were some very attractive elements of, you know, it's right outside the air force space. Obviously that's a main demographic, um, because if there's no competition in the area, there's no competition. Right. Um, and then also just looking at the address as well, it's in North Las Vegas Boulevard address. And so for our business clients, um, that's very attractive to be able to have a Las Vegas Boulevard address, a mailing address. And so, um, I just kind of weighed everything out and I was like, you know what, if we can, kind of take an approach where we're coming in and we want to be part of the community. We want to ingratiate ourselves and offer a service that um, provides the convenience to, to the people there and, and really incentivize them that, that we're bringing them something of value um, where it's, you know, just a, it's not going to behoove them for, to rob us or whatever it is, because then they're getting rid of a service that they need. Right. 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 Well, you know, and so that I, was the rest. Yeah. And I feel like there's, you know, for, and it sounds to me like I keep hearing the word community, which I think is great because, you know, communities are everywhere, but one that's underserved, one that's even labeled as high crime, but yet mm-hmm. you're not letting, it's like you're letting community be more important than fear. Where does that come from for you? I think, you know, a lot of it came from, um, even just my upbringing, you know, my, my parents, I came from a, you know, comfortable middle-class environment, but um, we were really heavy into the Catholic church. And so we did a lot of homeless outreach. Um, I remember large periods of time um, where there would be every Sunday that we would volunteer down at the Salvation Army and we'd serve the homeless. Um, and, and that was not only a family thing where, you know, my mom and I could cook together and, and, you know, then all of us would like line up and help serve. Um, but it was also just the realization that the people who were there that we were serving were also people, right? They weren't someone to be feared or, or scary. Um, and so with our second location, um, although it can be intimidating at times because, you, you know, hear the stories or you've been warned by Metro, um, 
we've taken this necessary safety precautions um, where we have, you know, non-lethal weapons at the store and we have an alarm system. We have security cameras. We have those necessary security precautions to make sure that um, our staff feel safe and our customers feel safe inside the store. But um, ultimately, just like you said, you can't let fear uh, be, be the main driver and and really be focused on the decisions that you make because then you're never going to get out of your comfort zone. Right. And I just love the the community component. And and one of the things that you said, because, you know, I sent you over, which for, for those of you listening, she has an uphill while that we'll share with you. Um, but as a former Miss Nevada, which I kind of want to drill into that a little bit because I'm very <laughs> intrigued by that because it's so it's so neat. Like you do some really cool things and and I, I just think you've had a rich experience, but I can tell it's not just because you were lucky. I think you really aligned yourself with these things. But you said you know firsthand how key it is to engage in, in the community because it helps you both personally and professionally. And so I would like to focus on the personal side of it for you and engaging in, in community and what community looks like for you. Will you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I'm, I'm a living and breathing example that the more you give, the more you get. So during my time as Miss Las Vegas and Miss Nevada, it was 18 months of my life. I did over 500 community appearances. I was everywhere. I was um, reading in schools. I was volunteering in hospitals. I was walking red carpets. I was everywhere as part of this community. And even though I'm not born and raised in Nevada, I didn't even go to college here. I moved here after I was all done with school and I was a working professional. Um, I was just embraced by the local community here because they just frankly saw how much work I was doing within the community and, and that I still luckily am able to continue to do today with just based on the friendships and relationships I made during that time. It's so awesome. It is so, it's so cool. Um, you know, <laughs> In 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 uh, I just you know I don't know the the best way maybe to present this question but I'll just put it out there and just know that my my intent is very good and my intentions are good but you know in there with 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 pageantry and all of that stuff and modeling um, you know I, I've always been curious what are the lessons you learn the good ones and the bad ones when it comes to doing stuff like that like just modeling in general. And because you've had, you know, you still do that. Um, I, I believe you have, you do some swimwear stuff and other clothing things. And what, what have you learned? What are some good lessons you learned and some like, bad ones? <laughs> if you don't mind just yeah. sharing. Yeah, about of those. course. Um, well, you know, just from a practical standpoint, um, I learned some amazing marketing lessons from my time as a model, because you're looking at how these brands are utilizing you as the face of their brand, right? right? Um, and so you can look at the different tactics and, and tools that they use. But from, from a point of view of, um, just personal development and growth, um, I think modeling and pageantry have, um, there are certain stereotypes associated with it. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, there, there are your handful of divas in every industry. Right. Certainly right. In, in modeling and pageantry as oh, well. Oh, they're in but, everything. They're in sports. Yeah, they're, in they're, they're in, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they're, 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 they're in everywhere. Touch every industry. Yeah, like they're, you know, they don't escape any industry. No. Um, but yeah, but I find with modeling and pageantry, um, actually the majority of my very close friends are from the modeling and, and pageant world. I mean, these are friends I've been friends with for over a decade. Um, and, and they come from that world because 
we have we all have a lot of similar interests and that's um one we're going to be outgoing right? right we're outgoing we're sociable we're personable uh we're go-getters because you don't enter those industries and and not want to make something of yourself right right um so you're you're self-motivating self-starting um and for the most part you have a like a positive disposition. Yeah. You're not some like grump that's, you know, just kind of moping around all the time. You're, you're bright and you're bubbly and, and you're engaging. Mm. And so y- you throw, you know, 20 of those girls in one room, 18 of them are going to become friends. So, um, I've just, I've really been thankful for the times that I've had through pageantry and modeling. Um, and just the people that I've met, because, uh, I, I think anytime that you can join some sort of activity or profession, that's Full of other like-minded people, you're going to walk away with these really fantastic relationships that last a lifetime. Wow. And, and those are things that those relationships, cause I'm a big inner circle person and you know, my friends are 20 plus years, like inner circle, right? They're, they're close. And, you know, I tell people I have an inner circle. I have a little ring outside of that one. And then I have friendships on the fringe, <laughs> you know, they're, yeah, absolutely. you know, but they're not all on the inner circle. And I mean, I can't be best friends with everyone. And, um, and I look for right. those relationships that sharpen me, challenge me, cause me to think differently, call me on my BS. You know what I mean? Like those are the types that I want to have in my life. You know, they, you know, they're there to walk with me. They, they know that I want to own my own outcomes. And so if I say, this is what I'm going to do, they're there to be there as accountability and inspiration and help. And they speak to the aspirations that I have. And, um, I think that's great. You know, I, I listened to one, a podcast that you were on and what was really neat was, um, it seems like a lot of your approaches that you had in business. I mean, you do have a great, um, acumen and then as far as legal understanding and so forth, but, your your approach has been in a non-traditional way, right? And Correct. and and you know, you and especially when it came to starting, you know, a business. But it seems does that carry over in all part of your life? Are you are you a kind of would you say that in general, I don't have to just follow the traditional way of doing things. Just in general, is that something that you're very you have a growth mindset and a very open mindset to where you know, tradition is great and it teaches you something, but you approach things in a non-traditional way naturally. Is that kind of how you are wired? I think so. And, you know, underlying all of that, of course, is, and and I think, you know, a lot of the successful entrepreneurs I've met have this. Um, I have a, a sense of self and I have um, maybe sometimes a foolish sense of self-confidence <laughs> that, you know, I can hear a project or an idea and I can go, that is a great idea. We should do that. We, we should totally try to do that. Um, and, and you jump in both feet first and you just run with it. Um, I think without that level of enthusiasm and, and kind of the self-confidence that even if you don't know everything, you can figure it out as you go and, and you know, talk to people who do have more experience than you. Uh, without that, I don't think you, you know, would explore more than what you already know. And so how much of an advantage do you feel? is, is, is in that, in that approach? Uh, For me, it's, it's made the difference between, um, you know, going down this path or not. Um, if I didn't have that in me and if I wasn't hardwired that way, uh, Frank, I'd probably still be working at the law firm that I worked at before, um, which was great by the way. I, you know, I don't have this traditional 
story of, oh, I hated my job, so I stuck <laughs> to the man and started my own company. Um, yeah, no, see I, ya. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I liked my job. I liked the people that I worked with. Um, and, you know, it was it was fine. I, I wasn't in love with it, but it was totally fine. Um, but I'm really, I'm far more happy with the path that I'm on now. Mm. I'm a big, um, emotional intelligence person and, you know, your personal competence and social competence and, um, and, and when it comes to self-awareness, a lot of people struggle and you, you, you use the term and this is not a setup or anything, but you use the term self-confidence. A lot of people feel like through introspection that they're going to get this self-confidence Unfortunately, we can ruminate on, and I know like Simon Sinek, who I love is, you know, start with why when it comes to business and things like that, or your purpose, I think that's an amazing place to start, but I'm a what, not why person when it comes to developing, you know, the way I see the world. And because if I say why I can turn myself into a victim too much. Um, and I need to learn to develop some self-acceptance. So what, what kind of challenges did you have? Not only just in building the self confidence, but you know, how did you discover self-acceptance in order to get that self-confidence? I think it's really a matter of, of drilling down and digging deep. Um, I know we've talked before about kind of, you know, be aware of what you like and what you're good at, but also be aware of what you don't like, right. And be aware of what you're not good at and <laughs> acknowledge that, um, and know that that's okay. Um, I think, one of the, one of the best exercises I did that helped me with this was actually in preparing to compete in the pageant. Um, I was working on interview, which is a portion of the competition. And the interview is a, a private interview with the judges before the pageant begins. And to handle that successfully, guess what? You have to know yourself, right? You're answering questions about yourself. What would you do if you win? You know, why do you think you're the best representative? a myriad of questions and they all have to do with you. So if you don't know yourself and just like you said, your why, right? Why am I competing? Then you're going to have a really difficult time navigating the interview portion. Mm. And how do you, how did you keep the inner critic at bay in that process? Because I'm sure you felt that voice rise up inside you where you can almost feel like an imposter or like, how did you help yourself to, you know, to really deal with that, you know, that, that inner monologue. Absolutely. Well, I think it's human nature, you know, anytime that there's a challenge in front of you, there is some self doubt that creeps in, or, you know, if you start on something and it just doesn't go as quickly as you'd like it to, or it doesn't fold out the way, just the way that you had imagined, all of a sudden we start to shy away. Right. Um, I think you'd have to understand, just like you said, your why your purpose, because Mm. That is what's going to keep you pushing, right? So on the days that it's hard, you have a deeper layer of purpose of why you continue to do this or whatever project you're doing. Mm. That's so good. I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, I can tell you are, I mean, you're very well-spoken. Um, I can tell you'd be amazing to listen to, give a talk. I think you'd be great. Um but I can tell your your wheels are turning. <laughs> I can tell you always, <laughs> you've got things that work in your mind. So, you know, you seem like you have a knack for brainstorming. And what what's your process, you know, to working out a new idea? Do you, do you accidentally, through discovery, find things? Or do you intentionally pursue? Or is it a mix of both? 
I try to be as open and receptive to every inbound that, that comes my way. Obviously you can't say yes to everything and I definitely would not recommend that. Right. Um, but again, if you have that level of self-awareness and you have um, a circle of people that you can trust and go to for counsel, um, just be receptive because even like this mailbox store thing, this came about in January of this year. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a an old law firm client of, of mine from back in the day um, reached out to me and he was like, oh, my wife and I are selling a portion of our uh, business portfolio in the city. Um, you know, if there's anything interesting, feel free to root around, let me know. And within that portfolio was an independent mailbox rental pack and ship store. And I was like, that's interesting. And so I started looking at the financials and I realized this is, this is the same similar business model to why people buy like storage unit facilities and rent them out, right? You have this low maintenance, low overhead item, the mailbox that you rent out. And if people either their term, their contract either terminates or they just stop paying their credit card stops going through or whatever, then you just switch off the lock and rent it out to someone else. It's not this like investment house that if the renter stops paying, now you have to do an eviction proceeding and you know, it's three months later and you've lost all this money because they ripped out the cabinets on the way out. You know, (laughs) Um, it's a totally different um, item. And I was like, this is really interesting. So I started digging into it a little more. Um, and I realized, you know, this is, this is something I could possibly do myself. Um, and, and so I did. <laughs> wow. And you're in, and I know that you're in actions, you know, your, your actions need to match your capabilities and, but, and also you need to really want to do that. Right. And, but getting started is the key. So, you know, what, what did you, I mean, obviously you did your due diligence and your homework and all of that, but what inside of you was like, I could turn this into something. I think the key is, is just like I've touched on before, you don't have to do this alone. So I have an amazing general manager, her name's Sarah. Um, and she's, um, she's an equity partner as well. And, and so she's, she's the partner in it. Right. Right. Um, and then Obviously, prior to this, I had zero experience in the mailbox rental pack and ship business, right? However, up the street from my home here in Summerlin is a great store called Postal Pros that is an independent mailbox rental pack and ship store. And I've been a customer of theirs since I moved to the area, you know, seven years ago. So I went in and I spoke to Andrew, who's the owner of Postal Pros. And I was like, so... I'm opening an independent mailbox rental pack and ship store. Don't worry. It's in the Southwest. It's, you know, far away. Like it wasn't competition for him. And I was like, um, would you be willing to consult for me? I'll pay you a nice fee and you will allow me to come in and train. You're going to train me. You're going to train my staff. Um, and you're going to help us get, do get and do everything that we need to open the store. Mm. And he did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I, I went in just like every other person who hires on with us. You, you know, I trained at Postal Pros. I was there working, you know, four days a week, uh, learning everything about the business. Um, so I just kind of got this like crash course training slash apprenticeship, basically. Um, and we were able to to put it together. Wow. You know, um, I know this is a shift here. A lot of people, I mean, and I love your thought process and how you get there. I love how you're like, 
you understand that one, one is too small of a number to accomplish anything of great significance. Um, it's learning, you know, I tell people admission or sorry, um, collaboration is the admission of weakness. So I'm letting Mm -hmm. you know, I need you, you know, it's like, I need you too. I need, let's work together. Let's collaborate, you know, and I'm admitting Mm -hmm. to you, this is an area I could use some help. And, um, and that's not a bad thing. You know, we need to get more comfortable with it, but it sounds like you have some pretty good habits and, um, you know, a lot of people are spending their time with habits that they want to break. And Mm -hmm. I have a question Mm -hmm. for you. What kind of positive Mm -hmm. habits that, that you have that you want to spend the rest of your life trying not to break? Yeah. So I have, um, one is becoming a morning person. Um, I was not a morning person, uh, growing (laughs) up, (laughs) uh, certainly into college and even to grad school too. I, you know, getting up when that alarm went off was a struggle, right? Hitting the snooze, five more minutes. Um, now in my early thirties, I've come to appreciate being a morning person. Um, so much so that, I do, unless I have like a special event or something, I try to be in bed by midnight. Um, and then that way I can naturally wake up sometime between 6.30 and 7.30 in the morning um, and just have that morning as my time because the rest of the day is jam-packed, right? And I'm, I'm doing all these other things, output, output, output. Right. So the morning is my time. And then um, I have a, a habit or a ritual. Um, I send an outbound positive text message first thing in the morning. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's my form of like kind of cheap gratitude journaling, I guess. Some people, you know, write in their journal about what they're thankful for. All this. I just, I don't know, maybe I just don't have the patience to sit down and do it. Um, because there's certainly a lot in my life that I'm thankful for. But um, I just, I, I start the day on a positive note, right? I shoot a text to my mom and I'll say, hi mom, I love you. Have a great day. Mm. And it's just setting the intention of this having a positive day. You're wishing someone else that you love a positive day. And then self-servingly you, you get that response back of love you too. Have a great day. Like it, it, it just starts the day on this positive inspirational note. Um, and then it, it's really hard to derail off of that. Like right. bad stuff has to happen over and over for you to be in a bad mood after that, you know? Right. And it's, it's being intentional. It's doing it on purpose. And it's, mm-hmm. um, I try to practice, you know, um, some habits like that uh, on a regular basis where, you know, every day I wake up and I think who, who can I, you know, intentionally serve today? Like who, and I, I go out and when I'm out and about, I look for those opportunities, whether it's helping someone, you know, put stuff in their car or whatever it is, I'm always mm-hmm. looking for an opportunity to intentionally invest in somebody, even if it's the smallest little thing. Um, and it's amazing how there are days, <laughs> there are days that I wish <laughs> someone would look over at me and intentionally want to help me, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh uh, yeah, that's okay. I can carry all these things at one time. Um, I, I, what, I, I read a quote a long time ago that said, you wonder if Superman ever wakes up, looks over at his cape and wonders who's going to save him, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, so let me ask you about momentum. I say to people that momentum is something that, um, doesn't come looking for you. It's something that you have to create. Um, and once mo- momentum is started, um, you know, you have to be the one to maintain it and it doesn't go on break. It doesn't take a break. It doesn't go on vacation. And, um, momentum also can take you in the wrong direction. That's why you have to steer it. You have to know where it's going. Yep. So what are some habits that you, you, um, employ to generate or create momentum? What are things that you do, um, when it comes to just showing up in your professional world or even in personal world to get momentum going? 
I think something as, as simple as scheduling items, something as small as a to do, even if it's, you know, pick up water at the grocery store, pick up bottled water at the grocery store after I'm done with the entire day. And maybe that's eight o'clock at night. If schedule it, put it down, whether it's into a list, sometimes I like lists or put it into the calendar in your phone. Um, just put in everything that you want to do because magically, if you calendar it and schedule it, it gets done. So, um, with in the absence of that, I think people go, Oh, I need to do that or I should have done that or whatever it is. And then it just kind of falls apart. And just like you touched on with momentum, um, if you don't hit those things, right? You, 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 let's say you have the list and you aren't able to check everything off. Um, you lose a little bit of steam, right? It takes a little bit of air out of, out of the tires. But if you're able to schedule things and get it all done, looking at things as you're checking them off, it just provides you with that kind of get up and go, I find. Mm. So good. So, so, so <laughs> good. I like that. Um, you know, uh, a, a lot of times I like to ask, you know, um, just, pe- you know, things that people say, you know, what do you want to accomplish and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you seem like more of a legacy person to me and I try to get people and I try to encourage them to, to have a life that's living forward. Um, and the living forward requires that you identify your legacy, you establish priorities to go along with that legacy, but then also you really spend the time with how do I get from here to there, Right. So what would you say you would like your legacy to be? I think it's it's just really simple. I want to I want to make an impact um not only in the community that I live and work in but um through the power of of social media. We're so lucky to live in an age where we are accessible and have access to literally anyone in the world. Um I wanted, I want to be able to make an impact as large as I can. Mm. That's so good. I like it. And, <laughs> and, um, you know, our show's called, um, uphill conversations and I tell people anything worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And, right. um, and that's what a lot of people do. It's like they start up the hill and then up and back down again. And, you know, it takes hard work, you know, and it's not just hard work and talent is never enough. You know, um, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard is one of your, you know, um, (laughs) it's one of your, um, it's your favorite quote. And I, you know, and I, I think about that, like, it's like, I'm not a cyclist or anything. And, um, but you know, you just, just looking at your life and the things that you've had to do, you've had to really have some uphill climbs and, um, and it's not easy. And if you look at Tour de France, like I said, I'm not a cyclist, but those guys get a yellow Jersey for climbing a hill. You know, there's, there's some work that they put into it, you Mm -hmm. know, and they could be injured. They could be tired. They have to draft somebody sometimes, sometimes they're in the lead. I mean, there's a lot that goes on. What, what Mm -hmm. uphill challenge would you be willing to share? You know, is, is open as you feel comfortable that, you know, that either you're currently in or one, I would really like to know one that, you know, was pretty big deal that you had to overcome. Um, and how did you do it? Well, a a challenge that I had recently. Um, so in my uh, real estate business, um, I had a, uh, a dissolution between myself and my uh, business partner in that endeavor um, and we had worked together for four years. Um, it was a, it was a great relationship. Um, but it just got to a point where we realized, um, the two of us were not working well together. 
And um, it was in our best interest and the company's best interest for us to dissolve our business partnership. Um, and so that was difficult, um, not only from a business standpoint, but it was also difficult just on a personal level, because obviously when you um, work with someone for that length of time um, and, you know, we work together like day in and day out um, was our type of relationship. Um, you also grow close to them on a personal level. So um, that was my first time going through any sort of like a, I guess, a breakup, if that's what you would call it. Um, and that was um, that was a personally that was a difficult time for me. Um, but I was uh, very lucky to to have a support system um, and to ultimately, you know, deal with um, people who, including my former business partner, who all, at the end of the day are professionals. Right. Everyone's a professional at the end of the day. Uh, you're, or you would hope they would be. Right. And so um, that, of course, as you can imagine, makes things a lot easier when you're in um, a difficult spot and a tough time where everyone's at the table realizing, um, you know what, actually the best path moving forward is to not move forward together. Um, so that, that was a, a difficult time for me. Just like I said, on a personal level, I'd never experienced anything like that before. Um, but I was able to get through it certainly because of the support system that I had and, and the knowledge and knowing that that was what was best for everyone at the table. And so, you know, in that process in which, you know, I don't want to like, you know, dig up anything or make any, make any bones out of it, but like, you know, that, that there's, it's a heavy emotional thing. I mean, it's, and a lot of people don't realize that when you're, when you do, dis- you know, I, I've done a dissolution before and, and it's funny because I literally um, did that last year and, mm-hmm. and it, it's a, uh, I mean, it's tough. Like, like you said, you work so closely with someone, you go through all of these different emotions and these different feelings and you have to come to that place where you, you know, you have to say, you know, I respect them. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. they respect mm-hmm. you and you're, you know, it's a struggle. And like, how did you keep yourself from not getting into a place of being depressed or, you know, overly just down? What, what did you, I know you have a support system, but you personally, the, the internal, you know, stuff that you said, your inner monologue that you went through with, went through in your own mind and in your head and in your thinking to not let your emotions uh, put you in a place to where you just found yourself stuck. Yeah, I think if you really try your best to look at things objectively, right, like put yourself in a position where let's say someone came to you for advice and they were explaining the exact situation that you're in, what would be the advice that you would give them, right? Say, hey, you know, it sounds tough, but I think it's for the best if you guys, you know, dissolve the business relationships. That way everyone can move forward. Um, looking at it objectively and, and knowing that, this is the the path you're taking is the same sound advice that you would give to someone else. So you're on the right path and it's, it's going to be difficult at times, but like keep your eye on the prize, right? Get to the ultimate resolution because it really is the best case scenario for everyone moving forward. Mm. And so it doesn't sound so sterile for our listeners. I mean, there is a shock there, right? Like, I mean, when Mm -hmm. you realize you're heading toward a necessary ending, there's, mm-hmm. there's a shock there. Like there's that impact, Definitely. like, Ooh, yeah. you, you know, like, so for you, like when you first knew that this was a realization and, you know, and you're shaken a little bit by it, like what were some of the, what were some of the first things that you knew were important for you? Like, 
I need to do this. This is what I need to do to deal with this. I just, I looked at it, okay, well, you know, what's in the best interest of the company, first and foremost, right? Because as an, as an owner in the company and as someone in a management position, um, what's in the best interest of the company? Um, and then I looked at, okay, well, what's in the best interest for me? Like, what's going to keep me sane through this process? Um, right. and also allow me to, um, you know, either be involved or not be involved, uh, depending on, on what's going to work out best for me and my situation. Um, and I think practicing kind of that level of self-preservation of, of looking at it from a perspective of, okay, like how do I balance what's in the best interest of the company and also what's in the best interest for me and trying to offer up some sort of a compromise that all parties would be open to. Wow. That's, that's really good. And I, and I, and I just want you to know, Lisa, I really appreciate that type of, you know, transparency and openness because I mean, I feel like we're missing a lot of that today where people just yeah. kind of won't, you know, put out there the real stuff, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like they put out a version of something and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, the thing is, is versions are kind of cool, but um, what's really better for people I think is they want to be able to lift their hand and go, gosh, I can identify with that. And, um, and sometimes, you know how it is, people can look at your life and they think that you have no problems, that, perfect. that yeah. everything is great and perfect. And, and, you know, perfection, it's, it's unattainable. Number one, just like, you know, people in pursuit of like these absolute truths. I, I tell people there's two absolute truths that I know. <laughs> one is I'm going to be born or I was born. And the other one is I'm going to die. That's an absolute truth, right? right? right. Th that's absolute. That's one that I cannot, you know, at all come up to come to any other conclusion with. Um, so I just, I really value um, the fact that you're, you know, putting it out there in the open. Now your guy, your I, I got a feeling he's a friend or is he your boyfriend, a UFC fighter? Yes, uh, my boyfriend, Corey Hendricks. Yeah, well, I'm a big <laughs> UFC fan. I, I did see one of his fights. I wanted to make sure it was the right guy. But give him a shout out and uh, <laughs> and let him know. I mean, uh, does he have anything coming up here soon? Um, he's got um, – he may have a fight at the, towards the end of the year. Um, he, he just fought in Russia. Yeah, I saw um, that. Yeah, a few months ago. Um, and so, yeah, so he's just preparing um, – for pro probably another overseas fight. So it's just incredible. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do the you, level of discipline it takes to, to do that is inc insane. Right. And I bet you you're a great encourager for him because I could just see you happy and bubbly <laughs> and just like, <laughs> hey, go do it. And you're, yeah, it, I'm like, rip his head off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with a smile. Now, do you get to, do you travel with him? Do you get to go take any trips or? Yeah, and um, unfortunately, I uh, just in the in the past couple of fights that he's had, um, it just hasn't worked out scheduling wise. Um, and I also don't want to be a, any sort of like distraction because right. as they're you know going into to fight mode, um, you know, obviously your diet's been restricted. You're doing a lot of training, and um, so I know what that's like. I just remember from like modeling, like restricting your diet, like you're grumpy. I get it, you know. Um, but you know, certainly going into it, um, these guys, you know, I didn't know much about MMA uh, before we started dating, and um, the level of discipline that it takes to be a fighter, um, I just didn't know. I just didn't realize it. I wasn't around it. You know, had obviously no personal experience with it. 
Um, but there's just a really long end game to the months and months and months of preparation. Um, and, and you get there and it's still, you know, it could be over in 30 seconds, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> months and months and months and it could be over in 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. But you know, there's so many, um, levels and layers to it, not only in your personal preparation, of course, but also in studying your opponent. Right. Like once once the bouts are released and, and they tell you who you're matched up against, um, any professional fighter will study who they're fighting against um, to learn about their opponent as much as they can. And so it really is. A, it's a chess game and it's just very impressive. Well, that's so cool that you're, you know, you're around that. And if he has any tickets, just uh, let, <laughs> tell him to let me know, because sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the things I want to do is catch a catch a. It won in um in in Vegas or in something. Vegas, yeah, that's where I, Arena. Yeah, yeah, it's that's awesome. yeah, and um, I want to see one up at Foxwoods too because I'm originally from Connecticut, and Foxwoods oh. um will hold some um bouts up there. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. so hey, um, I got a few more questions for you, and then um, but you know, this has been great. I hope these questions you're you're flowing with them. It seems um, yeah. this is this is good. Um. What are what are three things that you're optimistic about over the next 12 months that could be personal or professional? I'm optimistic about uh, Ship Las Vegas. I'm really excited that, like I said, we've got that second location open. And um, not only do I have my eyes on a third location, but I really want to flesh out this second location in the Northeast. Um, you know, just like I had touched on before, um, and not only are we kind of paying attention to what the community needs, but um, something as simple as, you know, when people are coming in to print out documents, um, I find they're printing out resumes, which I find interesting. Um, so maybe like a resume workshop or maybe just something that, you know, would be helpful for the community uh, that we're, of a need that we're already seeing within our customer base there. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited for the rest of this year here in Las Vegas. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, obviously. Yeah, are, I hope they can come back. Job. I know, I know. But see, you, you got to look at the context of like a 30 for 30, right? Yeah, What's yeah. the drama in the 30 for 30 if they're down by two? Yep, yep. Right? Like, like this, is, this is a 30 for 30 episode. Like, I just, I know it. I know it is. So... Um, you know, we just have so much exciting stuff coming up in the city. Obviously, the nights, we've got the Raiders coming. Um, everything is just flourishing here in Las Vegas. And I'm just so thrilled to, you know, be part of the community here and, and continue to watch it grow. So I know the rest of this year is going to be phenomenal. Um, and then just on a personal level, um, I am just really excited to continue down this path of growth and exploration. Um, this is the first time in in my life that I've had the time to just kind of um, really feel settled in where I'm at. You know, I'm I'm years out from the pageantry now, so I don't have this like insane community schedule anymore. Um, now I'm really just taking on items that I really want to be part of. So just this morning, um, I went and spoke to 120 uh, K through K through 12th grade. Sorry, K through 12 years old, um, and they were all at the summer day camp that's put on by the county. Huh. And um yeah, I walked in and they were like they made me a banner. Like it was just need a self-esteem boost. Like go see elementary school aged kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like could be like the biggest rock star in the world. Like <laughs> Yeah. They're and they're and they're so curious. And that's the thing. And they they're genuinely interested, you know? 
Yes. Yeah. No filter. <laughs> right. And you know, the, the, um, the, the irony of the whole thing is I do a lot with kids too. I do a program called youth max and I like to go in and talk about bullying and building your self-confidence and stuff. And I coach a lot of, um, young kids as far as in sports and things like that. And, and I get them more life application stuff. So as they learn the game, I teach them how to apply things to life. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that, they're high, I love the high creativity in kids. And, you know, think about it when you're growing up, you know, oh, unicorns, leviathans, you know, dragons. And then you get, you know, Easter bunny and whatever else. And then guess what? One day you hear what? That's not, those aren't real. Right, right. You know, and so it's like we, the older we get, we're all excited about getting older. But then all of a sudden, like all these things that we were using our high creativity for seem to just get sucked right out of us. And what I love is that's another thing that you said, the the advice that you'd give to yourself, you know, that um, if you could offer your, you know, your a piece of advice mm-hmm. to, to your younger self, everything is played out the way it's supposed to. You're destined to win. And I love that statement because you're not stripping away optimism. You're not stripping away possibility and probability. You're not stripping mm-hmm. away potential. You're not stripping away a belief for something greater and better. Like, I love it. And it's like, you know, people say to me, so Tim, how will I know that I'm going to be okay? And I'll say, well, he'll know when you get there. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you're going to know the answer then. But right now, be curious, you know? Right, absolutely. Like the kids, kids have this really special sense for like magic, right? And, and, And that's what keeps it alive for them, right? That's what they're so excited and enthusiastic about is like the possibility. And I think um, there's a, there's a great quote and it's like, what would you try? Like basically like, what would you try if you knew you couldn't fail like at anything? Right. So whether it was sports or business or whatever, you know, like if, if luck, right. If good luck was your superpower, right. Right. Like what would you try? Right. Um, and so I just, I think that that's something there because it's a mind shift. If you tell yourself that there's, that everything is, is able to be figured out, right? You may not know it right then, but your luck is going to kick in. Um, I, I think that having that, that level of confidence is, is really what's going to carry you through, but you've got to concentrate on the micro, right? If you, I, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. Oh, I love Gary V. If, right? I love Gary <laughs> If you, and, and I'm paraphrasing this, that's basically like everyone's so worried about the next eight years, what's their life plan for the next eight years and their actions for the next eight years. He's like, I'm focused on the next eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, so if you can kick ass for the next eight days, basically, like the next eight years is going to be okay. Right? Because if you're just constantly concentrating on the micro. So if you're, sitting on the couch, right. And watching Netflix for three days and binge watching some show, like <laughs> your week's not going to turn out so great. Right. Yeah. Because, because you wasted half of it. Yeah. Or watching you know? cat videos on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like right. You, you've wasted a portion of it. So of course it's not going to turn out the way that, you know, you're going to look around and go, well, why didn't anything ha- fabulous happen to me? Because you were sitting on your couch. Right. <laughs> weren't like out and about. So yes. <laughs> trying things, meeting people, whatever it is. Man, you are a ball of energy. I love it. <laughs> I mean, you are, I mean, that is so great. And I, I mean, I hope that you continue with that enthusiasm. Like that is just, it's contagious. 
It is very <laughs> contagious. And I'm sure you've heard that before um, many times over. But hey, what are what would you say that you or where would you say you would like people to connect with you? I mean, I do have the links that I'll provide in show notes and all that other stuff. But if you were to say, this is where I want you to engage me. Yeah, certainly um, social media. The easiest, quickest, most direct way to me, um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lisa Song Sutton. Um, and of course, you can see, you know, what I'm up to um, just directly by going there. Well, that is awesome. Hey, you've been a great guest. Like this has been fun. And I'm going to have to definitely, after, I'm going to have to get you back on here. I like to, you know, certain Thanks. guests I love to have for part twos. So I'm going to reach out to you after a while and I'll, I'll stay in touch, but I want to, I want to get you back on here and, and see what else is brewing in that world of yours. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember you can be more, do more and have more. But your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. Always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, you will see me and Lisa on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.